This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Song Facts Podcast. I am your host, Corey O'Flanagan, and this podcast is proudly a part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. If you're tuning in, hit subscribe, leave a review, tell a friend, you know the drill. Today's episode brings us to Toronto, where we catch up with the talented and soulful Mr. Jesse Gold. Jesse has been honing his skills as a guitarist and songwriter from around the time he could walk, and it shows in his wide-ranging abilities. Polishing his skills at Berklee College of Music, yes, another one we talked to that had gone to this prestigious university, Getting some studio time with big names like Babyface and Craig David and always seeking to play with musicians better than himself, Jesse is always trying to learn and grow. He has a new EP dropping in March that we encourage you to be on the lookout for. Definitely check it out. I've listened to it. It's amazing. Who performs his latest single, We Good, live on the show. So here we have Jesse Gold. In the afterlife, why should we start again if we didn't die? I know that we've been wishing the best and on to the next, but tell me that you're not alright. Tell me that you're not alright. Yeah, I this is one of the questions that I have because this is something that through this podcast I've been learning more and more about and it's leading up to the release of something. So you've got all this hard work behind you and now you're kind of in this like waiting phase and you're kind of doing some publicity and kind of probably re just finalizing some things. I'm just curious what this is like, the anticipation. Yeah, I think that anticipation period is probably like the, the hardest part I think actually some of the hardest work, like the making of the record is like the fun, cool, exciting, easy, easy, easy part. Cause like, that's just, that's what I do. Right. But everything after that point and before it comes out, that's the hardest work to me. Um, And also I've always said like, you, you never forget a release date because it's just burned into your mind. Cause I'm like thinking about that date 
like for for months honestly like like records get done and then like sometimes it's a couple months before sometimes longer before anything's out um so like i can remember my release dates like from two years ago because this anticipation period was just so intense and just like you're just thinking about a date and everything you have to do before that date you know so uh yeah it's an intense little little time yeah turns out Absolutely. Yeah. Especially now when it's, we're all sitting in a situation where we don't have much else to think about. So you can just dwell. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I do a lot of dwelling. <laughs> Good. A lot, of, a lot of dwelling. So you've got a couple of new releases out. Um, one in a million and another one called Not All Right. The former, yeah. as I'm listening to it, and I think I read a little bit about this where you had talked about it, um, was is kind of a story of meeting someone new. And then the latter being Not All Right is seems to be more about trying to move on moving yeah. on in some way shape or form and are these autobiographical or are we getting a glimpse into just your imagination i think um not all right the latter is definitely autobiographical um that's kind of me trying to find a, a new and unique way to write about a breakup which is a challenge that i often find myself taking part in um the the first song one in a million Got this drink in my hands I take another sip and say You're one in a million You give me that feeling I want it all day I know that we're different But it makes no Um, that's more of a, of a glimpse into my imagination. That was, that, that song came from the idea of, of wanting to write about something warmer and, you know, this, this kind of vision of a house party and like friendship and, and like flirting across the room. Um, and just, it kind of came from this just nice idea, which, you know, as COVID hit, the idea of the song kind of got warmer and more nostalgic as we couldn't do those things so that song is definitely more i mean especially now of of piece of my imagination um it's like this thing that i really wish i could do right now which is just like be at a warm house party with friends and loved ones and like flirt with someone and just like have fun and drink um and then and not all right is is you know i'm talking about something pretty personal in my life and uh, just trying to find a cool way to do it, which always is like therapy to me, helps me kind of get rid of those feelings um, by making it rhyme. So I think those two are actually pretty different um, in terms of like how I did them. Well, that's interesting. It's kind of being able to come from both of those places with, with something like one in a million where you're kind of creating this, this scene and you're, you're almost like writing you know, a little short story in a yeah, sense really, of this yeah. thing that happens. Is it, is it something that is you're manifesting as you go or are you intentional with it where you're like house party now let's visualize this scene or does it just kind of like come into your head? I think the way I write most songs is it's usually music first and I usually mm-hmm. will sing some sort of gibberish over music that I start to like. Um, that's just kind of always how I've done it since I was a kid. And so 
I can't specifically remember with one in a million, but I imagine that I had started singing some sort of gibberish yeah. uh, to the to the effect of, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> and then I kind of got probably one in a million. And then like, once you kind of have like a piece of an idea, it just kind of all starts to come together at once. Yeah. And like, I remember, I remember thinking, um, and writing this with Steph Kimber, who I wrote it with, um, you know, we were, we were talking about what if two people are really into each other, but they don't want to say it. Um, and how can we, how can we get that across and have them eventually say it? And that's when we started being like, well, what if they're at a house party? And what if they're, you know, what if they're just a little bit uh, tipsy and flirting? And then that whole imagery started to like really form. And then that imagery fed into other lines and it all kind of started to snowball. Um, but I think it probably started with some, some honestly gibberish that I was singing that probably turned into the line one in a million that I liked. And, and yeah. it all became clear from there. It's a great hook. I think for me, the most a uh, relatable line of gibberish that turned into an amazing <laughs> song is scrambled eggs, which turned into yesterday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There you go. Um, that's exactly. <laughs> that's exactly. So same context. Um, okay. So let's go back a little bit. I read a story that you seem, you seem to have to tell this story a lot. So I was trying to like rephrase a question that didn't have to make you sure. tell this, but your three-year-old self yes. driving with your parents, Aerosmith comes on. And yeah. that song ends, and shortly thereafter, you just kind of blurt out that you want to play guitar. Yeah. And I'm wondering, do you have, do you ever have any desire to get a big, loud band behind you, as a, like in the realm of Aerosmith? Yeah, I mean, always. I I grew up playing in bands, okay. uh, and you know, I went to school for music, and so I've always I've I've taken band class, and I've been in many bands growing up. Um, and you know, like really up until the pandemic hit, like I was, I, I it's, it's always my first choice to have a band behind me because yeah. I, I am, uh, like a real musician who loves to play and jam with other musicians. I grew up right. playing guitar from the age of three. Right. So live performance is like a, I, I would, I would argue my number one asset as an artist. Um, it's something that I am the most comfortable doing. So I always lean towards um, a band show. Yeah. I like to say that every show is a rock show. Um, you know, all of my favorite shows that I've seen, hip hop, R&B, whatever it may be, they're all like full band rock shows. And like, that's so exciting to me. Um, and I just, I really gravitate towards a big live band live show. So yeah. Yes is the short answer. Um, I've done it for years. I want to keep doing it. I want the band to grow. And I, I'm really excited to bring the new stuff I'm writing to a band setting. Like to me, this is the most, um, the most uh, like accepting uh, music for a band, if that makes sense. It does, <laughs> yeah. This music that I'm writing now lends itself the best to playing in a band is exactly well phrased very well phrased thank you, thank you. it's early yeah. in Toronto it's yeah, early. yeah exactly and I, I thank you for doing it at this time um what is um, this has me wondering now a little bit about you coming from the producer side of things now you yeah. write these songs this is a lot of stuff when you listen through your catalog sounds like it's 
mostly just you plucking on the guitar Sure. And then there's you're you're throwing in some stuff behind it. There's plenty of other sounds and drum tracks and things like that. But if you get into this band setting, are those parts written already? Is the bass player's part written? Is that or do they kind of have some leeway to go where they want with it? Um, I think always it's good to give leeway if, if yeah. you can. Um, like I said, the new music that I have that I'm writing and that I'm coming out with, to me, um, it's a lot easier for a band to kind of just like pick up and start jamming, which to me is, is, is a great sign of, of very listenable music. Um, and I think that some of my older stuff would have been a different case where it's like, you gotta learn this part cause it's like integral to this part. And, 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 you know, I think I was writing a lot of those older songs um, a little bit more technically and, okay. and kind of around the production. It was like, we had a, a, a great kind of beat and I had an idea and they kind of like came together at once. Whereas this new project, I've really taken time to focus on the songwriting and I, I don't touch production until the song is completely written, okay. revised, and I'm really happy with it. And I think that that has really um, improved the quality of the song. And then, and I think that that's going to lend itself again to a band really nicely because, you know, if the song is the strongest thing we got, then the rest will kind of just fall around it. Yeah. I've seen it happen. So that's kind of, um, what I'm feeling with this new stuff that is really exciting to me. Well, and I really love this quote that you have that, um, you want shareable, you want to make shareable music. You want people to be texting the link to the song before it's yeah. over and I, yeah. I think that that's such a what a great place to try and set a goal i just haven't oh, heard it phrased in that way and i really like that i mean i get asked a lot of questions um about what i what i want for my music and and you know what certain things mean and you know what my goals are like when i hear a good song that i instantly I'm like, yo, what is this? Yeah. The first thing I do is send it to my brother or my best friend. Like that, that's the number one thing I do. And that is such a, a huge sign of like, this is a great song that I want to listen to over and over and over again. So that, you know, that goal might not be so, so deep, uh, like when you say it out loud, but that <laughs> is truly a goal of mine. It's like, I want people to hear something upon first listen and come back and want to listen again immediately before the song's done and send it to someone. Those yeah. are like, that's what I want. It's similar to this. I had someone, and I don't think I've had, I don't think I interviewed this person, but I, I talked to someone, I, this was a couple of years ago in the music industry, and they gave me a similar answer of, I just would love, a dream of mine would be to have a song come on the radio and people listen to it and have to pull over because they don't want to focus on anything else besides what's coming into their ears. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or like when I, I go into like my analytics and I see how many people like shazammed my song this week, that's <laughs> yeah. like, yo, somebody heard it and was like, I need to know what this is. That's and cool. to me, that's a huge win. Like that's, that's really exciting for me. You know? I didn't even think about the back end of Shazam that the artist has. Yeah, That's or, really cool. Or, you know, you can ask Siri, what song is this? Right. Like, yeah. I do that all the time. Like if I hear a song in the car or, or in a, I actually do this a lot when I'm watching shows. If I hear a song like in the credits of a show 
I would just be like, what song is this? Yeah. And then like that becomes my favorite song of the week, month or whatever. And that's like, that's a huge win for the artist, but it's a huge win for me as a consumer and listener. Like that's exciting to have found something. And yeah. so if I can do that for other people, that's a big win. Yeah, no, what, yeah. A, what a great goal to have. Okay, so let's kind of take it back to three-year-old you. Start learning guitar, um, and then you end up. You're. I've had. I can't believe how many people I've had the good fortune to talk to have gone to Berkeley, like you have. Sure. Um, yeah. What an amazing place of creativity it seems. Definitely. And yeah. um, what what it, it has me thinking with your the longevity that you've had playing guitar. I love how you play it. I Thanks. do. When I play guitar, I tend to play a little bit more percussively because I'm a drummer more by trade. And I love this style. So what got you playing in that way? I think it's a couple things. I think it's a mix of who I listen to and admire as guitarists and musician who I grew mm -hmm. up listening to. Um, I would give most of the credit to James Taylor, um, okay. who I really grew up listening to, who is, in my opinion, you know, one of the greatest acoustic guitarists of all time. Um, and, and really like, Similar to Aerosmith, like my parents grew up playing James Taylor. Um, and that's, that's what I listened to when I was growing up. And so when I gravitated towards the guitar, you know, maybe for other reasons, not James Taylor, but that I started to learn his songs and they were really intricate. And it kind of it taught me to, you know, without getting too technical, taught me to, to break up my hands and, and, and do bass with my thumb and, and uh, chordal stuff with the other fingers. And, and there was just like a lot going on for, yeah. it wasn't basic guitar playing. Um, so I think learning from guys like, like James Taylor, obviously as like a, as a 15 year old guitar player, like John Mayer was a huge influence to me as it was for, for most people like coming from where I was coming from. Yep. Um, so, you know, I, I learned all of those things, but I, I would give the credit to James Taylor. And then also I, when I came back from school, my first job out of school was I, I was playing in hotel lobbies. Um, and I would be playing for four to six hours by myself. And so when you play like that by yourself, like I, I, I really had time to experiment, but more importantly, like I had to kind of make it sound like it was more than just me there. Yeah. Um, and so I started doing more slaps and, and like percussive elements on the guitar because, and, and I attribute like my style now to, to playing long, long hours at a hotel by myself Definitely. Um, because I had to figure it out and I had to make it sound bigger than it was. Um, so I think, you know, that getting my hours in by myself without a band, yeah. um, and, and listening to cats like that, that the combination of that kind of, uh, established what I guess you would call my guitar style today. Yeah. Yeah. What a great way to just be thrown into the deep end too. Just a yeah. gig of that length, just by yourself with one instrument. And it, when you talk about James Taylor and learning those songs at, at that age in your teens you're not just playing gdc you're playing these unique fingerings and all that too which Absolutely. is something that you i definitely hear when i hear your song so is that kind of stretching these 
you know, playing a different triad up the neck and getting a different sound out of it? Is yeah. that a thing that you do to like to challenge yourself with that? Totally. People are always, you know, I get so many messages being like, what are your chords? What are these chords? <laughs> they're, you know, they're not, I guess, conventional uh, inversions, you would call them. And they're I like, think tab this one out, bitch. Yeah, totally. <laughs> exactly. I, you know, like um, I learned a lot of stuff from other players obviously um and i know like not you know with with james taylor like you know he's been documented to say that like he pulled from a lot of celtic music and stuff and he kind of combined it with with what he was making and he was into and and i do the same thing when like um i'll be listening to music that has no guitar in it or or is is in a, a genre that is very far from what I'm making. And, and I'll sit with a guitar and I'll see if I can kind of like emulate what that is because it's so far away. And sometimes you get really cool shit, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, but that's to say too, like, I don't, I'm never trying to not be simple. I'm just trying to do uh, what's cool to me. In fact, like there was actually a time when I was writing songs years ago. I think I had probably just come back from Berkeley and like I knew every cool chord under the sun, like some <laughs> weird inversions and some like crazy uh, extensions and on chords and stuff. And like I was writing songs like with all of them. And I remember like coming back to some songs I'd written with a fresh ear and being like, this music is insane and not, <laughs> not, uh, not very listenable. And, you know, for lack of a better phrase, quote unquote, very Berkeley and okay. like very like fresh musician kid who learned some cool chords. So it's like, it's a bit of a balancing act where it's like, yes, I am capable of doing these things and I can play some wild inversions and chords but it's when to choose to use them obviously yep. um and and not overdo it and uh and that's something i'm i'm always kind of um you know being weary of yeah uh, in my song yeah. weaving that love... technical ability and, and just and trying to find your style within that i think is yeah. um an important thing for somebody to try and discover especially when you have such a technical long history of learning the the instrument totally um Okay, so besides your talents as a songwriter and performer, you also do some producing. And I notice it mostly on your song, L. Another sad story of a mess up kid. Back and forth, had her feeling ways. Now I borrow tears that were on her face. And it's more on me than I wanted to admit. Just another sad story of a mess up kid. Because I yeah. just love all the layers that you got. So did you do that one front to back? Did, is every piece of music on there you? Uh, well, I do co-produce um, everything with uh, my my best friend and kind of musical creative partner. His name is Jack Emblem. We, we grew up playing in a band together. Okay. Um, and uh, he's a phenomenal drummer and producer, engineer, writer as well. So um, it's, it's usually him and I, but... I played most of the instruments on L, um, with the exception of, I believe, the bass, which is just 
um, unbelievable. Sick. That's my next question too. Because I, that's I can say it's unbelievable because I didn't play it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so it, it was, it's always usually me and Jack in a room uh, playing most instruments. Yeah. Stay tuned for more Song Facts podcast right after this. Ever wonder how my voice is bouncing off your eardrums so clean and crispy? No? Well, let me tell you anyway. The Lyra Microphone by AKG brings their legendary acoustic engineering to a versatile USB mic that delivers the highest quality audio in its class. USB connection. This is good for me because of the simplicity and the ability to just plug and play without an interface. You may have gathered from various episodes that I am doing this show on the road, so being that I record most interviews in a different location than the last, it is good for me to know that I have a high-quality, easy-to-transport and use USB mic like the Lyra to make sure my sound is clean. Whether you're like me and recording a podcast, a musician recording vocals or an instrument, or if you need to do a voiceover for a YouTube channel, Lyra's innovative AKG Adaptive Capsule Array adapts to your performance to record pristine audio. It has four versatile capture modes. What's a capture mode, you ask? That is how the mic picks up your voice. Just trust me, with these four options, it's really all you're going to need. With AKG Lyra, you'll be up and running in no time, no matter your experience level. There's no assembly, no need for separate audio interface, no fiddling with software settings. It just works right out of the box. And Lyra is something that is compatible with Windows, Mac, iOS, and Android devices, and all major recording softwares. So... If you're looking for a mic that offers ease of use along with a high quality sound, check out the AKG Lyra and look no further. Yeah. So, okay, now let's talk about those bass runs a little bit. Were those uh, were those thought out or were they just like, let's go in here and just sit down with a bass and see what comes out? I, I wish I could say I played those. Um, that was actually a dear friend of mine named Brian Jones. It took me looking in the mirror For me to finally hear her It's too late, I know She don't need me to come around uh, he, He's an incredible, incredible musician. Um, and he, he, he plays in Vampire Weekend and he's... Uh, He's played in uh, many bands and the dude's just an incredible musician. So he, he was kind enough to uh, play um, on this record. I actually think this was the time when we exchanged favors. I, he, he made an instant cover album um, and I, he asked as you me, do. <laughs> yeah, as you do. He, I think that's like his, uh, his James Taylor, his instinct and he, he made a, a tribute record for which he asked me to uh, sing on. So that's out there and I'm on that record. But I think in exchange for that, I was like, hey, I'll sing on this record. Can you play bass on this song? Um, and that's kind of like a musician's friendship for you right there. But he literally, we sent him the track, he sent it back. And I remember just like sitting in my room, listening to what he did and just like jaw dropped. Um, yeah and we didn't touch it and that's what made the record and like people to this day bring up those those bass runs um so oh it's unbelievable so did you did he have any notes or did you guys just not even say anything and you had no idea what to expect it, it's so funny we every time 
I use another musician for my stuff. I yeah. send the same email, which my my which Jack has called me on. But we always kind of say like, here's what we're thinking. We would love <laughs> it if you could do this, 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 and this. And we kind of give our directions, but then we go, but do whatever you want and, and yeah, do yeah. whatever you hear and whatever you feel. Um, which is just like classic. I, I'm like protective of my song, but it's also like I want people much better than me on it. Um, yeah. and, I, I think Brian is a perfect example of that. He he really brought the song to life. Yeah, it, absolutely. And it helps people stay loose, I think, when you kind of give, like, here's, because you're just kind of, like, planting the seed a little bit because you know that's going to stay in their mind, but then all of a sudden you're like, but, you know, you can just fuck off and do whatever you want in the end, too. We don't really yeah, care. That's, I mean, yeah, you don't, you want to let great people be great. That's what yeah. I've learned. Um, and if someone does something incredibly, shut up and just let them fucking do it. Yeah, yeah, good call. Okay, yep. so let's talk about great being great. How has uh, collaborating with some amazing people like you have, including Babyface and Craig David, how has that impacted your own music? I mean, those are two legends that I've just been lucky enough to uh, meet and kind of be around. And those experiences are always um, really humbling and uh really incredible and and they leave they left me very inspired um you know when i with babyface it was for those who don't know babyface is one of the most legendary songwriters on the planet um and r&b artists just yeah. uh, an incredible talent and he he was running a songwriting camp he was running a few in different cities around the world and you know you had to apply and be picked and uh i was lucky enough to be chosen in in toronto and um it was literally like you go into the studio with some other artists and babyface for a week and you write songs and he kind of kind of rips them apart in front of you okay. and helps you build them back up and, and so that experience was actually like a very tangible learning experience yeah um, so when i left there i actually had like knowledge that i of songwriting that i didn't have before okay. um and and also just collaboration experience like that that's the biggest thing when when you meet someone whether they're big or not or um any collaborating experience is always a great learning experience that's yeah. what i've um and so with, you know, with those guys that you bring up, of course, they're legends and, and, you know, my personal heroes, and that's very exciting. But if you just, if you remove that at the heart of it, it's just like learning to collaborate, um, learning that you're not as good as you think you are, and there's better people out there. And, and those are really valuable lessons to take from, from those experiences and and bring them to my new music and, and what I'm making now. And I attribute a lot of where I'm at now to those experiences um, of just of just being around different ideas um, and learning from people. That's really great. What an what I mean just what what a cool thing to go in there. I imagine that that humble pie that you get from having yeah. a song tore apart in front of you at first is you're like, what did I just sign up for? But then the constructiveness starts coming in and you're like, okay, um, what did I, I, I just can't even imagine that being a songwriter and just leaving with those tools and those gifts. And just, I, I can see that being something where you're like, I'm ready to hit the ground running now. Let's go record some songs. Totally. It's uh, it was, yeah, those were amazing experiences. 
And then you, you combine that with like the, my, my musical ability, like on the guitar and the things I was talking about before about, you know, coming from a music school and, and picking and choosing when to, to do these kinds of things. And then you have, you now have this, this songwriting experience and, and you're able to, you know, kind of pick and choose what you want to do there. It's like the world is, is huge. Like you have so much to choose from, from all of these different experiences. And that's yeah. why, you know, it's, it takes a long time as an artist obviously like that's been my case um and it's because i've had all of these you know amazing experiences and i've learned so much and i've listened to so much and i've played so much it, it to boil it all down to who i am as an artist it's taken some time um yeah you know and so it's very exciting to be at the point i'm at now and i attribute well, it really it seems like you continue to have this willingness to learn which i think is yeah. Really important for someone who's trying to have a career in this because if you're just going to assume that you know it all at 22 then what who's to expect you to keep creating amazing things at 50 if you're not willing to keep learning um which kind of leads me into this how does this album mark your growth as both a songwriter and a person from from your past projects yeah i think i mean i'll start by saying i think that every new project is growth because everything I make, I think is better than the last, which is, I hope God willing, how it stays. Yep. Um, so, you know, just personally, I feel like the songs are better. Um, the production is better. Everything is kind of leveled up. So just in my mind, I've grown, which is great. Um, tangibly, like I see that there's momentum now and there's, you know, things are starting to snowball, which is great. And that I, you know, I do not take that for granted and it takes a lot of hard work. So everything is kind of leveling up. Um, and that's what I like to see for, for any new project. Um, but also I started working with other people and people that, like I said before, I think are better than me and I learned a lot from them. And, and what, you know, the biggest example I can give for this new stuff is that I started uh, co-writing these songs for me, which I have never done in my life. Um, okay. until until this project there's there's actually not a song of mine that's been released that's been co-written um until this stuff now Interesting. Uh, and so i started writing with an incredible writer uh, named ali sue I, I i have always written for other people i've always okay. been in the room and co-written for other artists that's just something i love to do and you know i'm versatile genre wise and i love to dabble in other yeah. people's music but i've never had anybody do it with me. Um, and uh, this time around, um, I did. And it's very easy for me to see how it benefited the project. Um, okay. And me, that's, that, in short, that's where the growth comes from in my mind yeah. for the project. Want to dig into that a little bit. What about it is, um, is making you think that this is just leaps and bounds? I have learned so much, um, even just from Ali as a, as a writer. Um, you know, I think you get really comfortable in your own ways when something quote unquote works. So it's yeah. like, you know, I wrote my song, No Good, like completely just by myself. And then I made the record by myself, put it out and it like had some traction. I was like, okay, great, that works. Like what I'm doing is reading. And uh, 
you know, I think you can get locked into just like doing what you do. And it's not until you push yourself and get a little uncomfortable and a little skeptical of things where, where you can really see that growth. Yeah. And like me bringing a writer on for my own stuff. I remember the first time I was like, this is, this is the first session I'm doing for me. Like this feels very strange. Like, yeah, I, I don't like, I haven't worked with anyone that I trust enough to like touch my, my own music. Um, okay. And when I found someone who really clicked with it, um, it was just a huge, huge stepping stone in my songwriting, just cause like I learned literal songwriting techniques that I wasn't using um, that, that she brought to the table. And, and also she was just like calling me on things that maybe I was getting to too easily. Like, a, just even a rhyme that was like it was right here well it's like yeah. well, why pick the one that was right there like is there something deeper we can get into she just pushed me as yeah. a writer and and you know I when the songs were finished I would read the lyrics and I would be like these are insane whereas <laughs> I think I think when with my older music like I would listen to the song and I'd be like sounds great and and so this is really the first time in my life that I, that um, the songwriting took a major uh, front seat. Okay. And, and we didn't touch the music um, until that was, until it was reading beautifully off the page. And to me, like that is huge growth uh, for me as an artist. And I'm really yeah. excited about that, you know? Almost more <laughs> of a poetic type. Yeah. I mean, looking the at it for the music to me has always, you know, knock on wood, come extremely easily. Yeah. It's, I, I find that I, again, <laughs> I'm knocking on wood like crazy. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm all, if I sit down with a guitar, something always comes out. That's okay. just how it's been. And if I sit down on a piano, I will do something that I know I'll walk away and be like, yo, cool idea. Like I could make something of that. Yeah. Um, that is not the case for me lyrically and, and story wise. And that's just because I like, I don't know, it's just never been my case. I've always been a music first guy. Yeah. Um, and so to really focus on the other part of it that doesn't come as naturally to me um, and just knowing that whatever the music will be, will be great because yeah. it's fun, easy, exciting part for me. I, I'm like, that's, that's the win. Like, Let's just focus and work harder on what we haven't done in the past. And, and that's that's where we're we're growing. Yeah, good for you, because I think a lot of people would shy away from the more challenging stuff because it is like just grinding your teeth. It's, yeah, it's I fell victim to that, too. Like, I've, I've done that. I've, I've um, done that in, pa in the past. So let's dig to... into some of these lyrics now. So uh, one of the songs that uh, I think you're going to perform for us is um, We Good. Yeah. Um, so what is the story behind this track? This song was kind of, um, I wanted to get away from relationshipy stuff, which I was kind of like in a hole of writing because I was going through it. So there yeah. was, it was just everything I was writing was in that kind of space. Um, and so it, and, and I wrote this with, with Jack and with Allie. Um, and we, you know, we kind of were talking about other areas we could touch on. And I said, well, like, what about the three of us as a team here? And that like, we are our own little crew and like, 
we don't care what anybody else is doing outside or like, and so that's how the idea was born of just like, let's make a like, this is our crew. It's us against the world. And, and no matter what happens, we good. Um, yeah. And, and that's kind of how the song was born. Um, so it's kind of like a light, relatable, fun, kind of like, um, kind of fuck everybody. Uh, yeah. That's not in your, in your squad kind of song. Um, and it's, uh, you know, to me like super fun and empowering and and that's kind of what i was going for when was it written uh it was written all of these songs that are coming out were written over zoom which is wild um because that is wild pandemic so it was sometime in the summer um and it, and it was probably the last song that was written on this this upcoming project okay so over the summer so this is what I was hearing when I when I'm listening to it is it seems to offer some reassurance in obviously these crazy uncertain times right um and it was speaking to like the what we're all experiencing and going through given the current world that we're living in and I was it makes me when you think when you break it down to it's more like we were just kind of talking about our crew that's what I was wondering is was it more personal or was it kind of this macro view? Because for me, it was more macro, obviously, because that's what's on the forefront of my mind, kind of going yes. back to how you were like, I was going through these breakups. It was what was in my brain. It's what was coming out on paper. But I was just kind of wondering what you were thinking when you were doing that. Yeah, I think, listen, it's more important what whatever, however it speaks to anybody else. Yeah. Um, you know, like I said, my intent for writing it may have been one thing, but the way you listen to it is another. And, and to me, all that matters is how you listen to it. Um, you know, and it kind of goes back to one in a million. It's like, I wrote it with one thing in mind, but then it became something else because of how the world got, you yeah. know, and, and it became, it felt warmer and became more nostalgic because we, you know, the world changed. So I think, I think we good's another example of that where it's like, yeah, now that I think about it, I and listen with fresh ears, and I'm out of that writing hole. It's like, oh yeah, like it also kind of means that, and and it, and it evolves. And I think that's to me, that's that's great. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I, I'm, if a song can like take on a few different meanings for a few different people, then you know we're in good shape. Yeah. Um, but you know, t- to answer your question, um, yeah, I wrote it about kind of me against the world, you know, like a fun, like this is, it's just me and my, my friends against everyone. And like, we're doing this music thing on our own and like, we're going to, we're going to like make it and, and keep it hot. Like that, that was the idea. But, um, you know, I think we were very cognizant of the world around us as well. And, and we definitely like, we're thinking about like just the title, we good, like that can apply to so much. And I think it we can. were keeping that at the forefront of our session, like, we're writing about one thing, but how can we like, can it, can it go beyond what we're writing about? And, and, um, and, you know, you're telling me that I guess it has, so that's great to hear. (laughs) No, it really has. And I, I just, I'm a sucker for a song that gives out this like collaborating positive message of just like, this is happening. This is happening. Everyone's being kind of beat down a little bit, but we're good. We're going to, we're going to be fine in the end. And I, I just, I think you really touched on it. So, so good Thank work you. with that. And um, when you're ready, let's hear it. Hey, yeah. 
lay low Nobody asks cause they know Grateful Only the ones at the table Yeah, Cause we stay ice cold in the July heat Heavyweight so don't take us too lightly Keep the circle locked and if you lose that key We gon' cut you off like your Siamese Oh, I know we never do what we should Cause oh, we're so forever misunderstood So we good, mm -hmm. we good, mm -hmm. we good, yeah, we good Slow-mo, whenever we walk into the social, yeah no, bro, we're not gonna take a photo, so we go home, isolated like we made it, everybody's sick as fuck, mm. elevated and they hate it, pretty much sums it up, oh, I know, we never do what we should, cause oh, we're so forever misunderstood. So we good, mm -hmm. we good, mm -hmm. we good, yeah, we good, we good, do do do, we do do do, ba da 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 da, yeah, isolated like we made it. Everybody's sick as fuck, yeah, yeah. Elevated and they hate it. Pretty much sums it up, babe. So we good. Oh, we good. We good. We good. We good. We good. We good. Killing it. Thank you. Thank so you good. So wake up, have a cup of coffee, cold voice, and just run some lines with me. Come on. Come <laughs> on. Happy to do it. And and you know, as I was singing that and I realized I there's the line isolated is in there. And that yep. probably also made you think about the pandemic. And when I wrote it, I think about it that way. Yeah. Um, and uh that was funny. Like literally, as I was just performing that, I was like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, we're isolated. <laughs> so that that you know, if a song keeps kind of writing itself after it's already done, like to me, um, that's a banger. That's it because you just—it's just not a moment in time. Then, right? It's a—it uh, becomes something oh. like that—that that you keep on carrying through with you because you go back and you listen to it again in a year or two years, and you're like, "Oh, this fits me in this way now." Totally, that's I'd I think I've had that experience with with not all of my songs, maybe like one or two, and and that's like I look back on some of my older songs, and when there's one that I still think is good, I'm like, okay, great, <laughs> you know, that's what I'm going for. I'm I'm striving to look back in five years and be like, I still like that one. Yeah, uh, you know. So I'm anyway. really curious about this now. What's a song that you wish you would have written? Uh, that's a great question. There's obviously many. Yeah. That are just not coming to mind, but I think, I, I think like a, a slow dancing in a burning room. 
It's not a silly little moan. It's not the stone they fall to calm. This is the deep and dying breath. This love that we've been working on. Can't seem to hold you like I want to. So I can feel. Or a she, a she will be loved you know, or a best part, Daniel Caesar. Like, I think just a ballad that's really stood the test of time is something yeah. I've always been interested in doing. Um, like those just timeless songs. Um, I, I wish, I wish I had written. I saw something with Mayor and I can't remember if it was with slow dancing or another song, but he said that he went back and listened to a bunch of Clapton songs from the eighties. And he was like, he just writes these slow four chord bluesy ballads that yeah. aren't your slow waltzy like three chord traditional blues they're this different thing and he was like i was just striving for that and i think that's kind of where he went with a song like that and i mean you're you're on your way you got you got everything you need for it i haven't heard you do a lot of different genres i haven't heard too much in the blues realm yeah well like i said i mean i Oh, he's got it, though. <laughs> I got it, though, but it's about when do I use it? Um, you know, because I could straight up. Okay. <laughs> I can give you blues. I love it. All right. Well, the song was We Good. The artist was Jesse Gold. Jesse, thank you so much for taking some time and spending it with me this morning and um, just appreciate it and wishing you the best success. And we're going to do our little part here to help promote these uh, new songs that are coming out because I've had a chance to listen to them. They're great. So good thank work. You. I really appreciate it, man. This was this was awesome. Thank you for having me. Huge thank you to Jesse. So good. I am such a fan of that style of guitar. And let's face it, this guy's just making baby-making music. So a big thank you to him and to you for listening. And as always, for the stories behind the songs, go to songfacts.com. Thank you. Get your song back. Get your song facts back. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.